From the Heart podcast is presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting. The three most challenging transitions owners face, namely scale, sale and succession, can often result in costly and confusing journeys. But the good news is it doesn't need to be that way. At Orange Kiwi, we help our clients succeed where others have failed by coming alongside them to help them navigate the challenges others simply aren't able to. We understand how to help you avoid that costly and confusing journey that comes with realizing the results that you really want. Visit our website today at orangekiwillc.com and use the code HLG2021 to book a complimentary 30-minute consultation and find out for yourself how we can help you gain greater clarity, confidence, and control while experiencing less stress and more satisfaction. This is a special episode of the From the Heart podcast uh, presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting. A lot's been on my mind lately, and uh, many of you who listen to the podcast know my dad, Jack Hart, and uh, he's 94 years old, and I've talked about him a lot, and many of you have had the honor and privilege of getting to know the man that I admire more than anybody I've ever met, and uh, I just wanted to take a few moments to share. He, he's not been feeling well, and so he probably wouldn't want me to share this with the world, but I'm going to anyway because he has had such an impact on me, and I know on many of you as well. But uh, I, I think he's going to be fine, but I just wanted to share just a few lessons I've learned from him. A few months ago, I spoke at a, uh, a function down in uh, Orange County down at the Pacific Club, and among other things, I had the opportunity to share five life lessons that I learned from my dad when I graduated from high school back in 1982. So yeah, most of you listening to this, I am old. I'm 57 years old. But when I graduated from high school, my dad pulled me aside and we sat down in, in uh, the living room in the house where he, he still lives. My mom passed a few years ago, but we're still in the house where we lived, or he's still in the house where I lived from age 12 until adulthood. But he's given me tremendous advice throughout my life, uh, and it'd be too, too would be impossible for me to share everything that he has shared with me and how he's inspired me. But five things really stood out that he shared that day, and I remember vividly where we were in the living room in the front of the house, sitting next to the piano that he still to this day plays so gracefully, without uh, looking at any music. Um, so I'm just going to outline real quickly what those five things are. And these are things that I think apply not only to the life of an 18 year old when I was graduating from Fullerton High School, but to any of us. And these are lessons I've that have stuck with me. If you've gotten to know me at all over the years, whether it's in my role at Cal State Fullerton or in the past when I worked in baseball or in other positions where I've worked, I've often shared one or more of these little nuggets with you uh, and in audiences, um, big and small, classrooms, one-on-one -on -one conversations. Usually I'll remember one and I'll share that uh, in the context of the conversation that I'm in. But tonight, maybe it's the fact that he, he's not feeling great. Uh, I'm getting on an airplane tomorrow to fly up to Utah to join my wife and our, our grandsons to spend the weekend up there while our son and his wife are enjoying their their honeymoon, their anniversary down in Mexico in Cancun. Um, I guess when you're traveling and when your parents are aging, you just kind of tend to start to look at things maybe a little bit differently. 
not that I have this feeling of anything bad that's going to happen, but my mind today and tonight in particular has just been on, on a lot of things. And so as I've been thinking about this advice that Jack Hart, my father gave me 39, wow, 39 years ago, I've tried to live by these as much as I can. So the first nugget that he shared with me sitting in that living room way back when was a simple one. And that is simply give value first. Now, I think he shared a lot of this with me because he knew that, you know, probably going forward in my life, I'd probably look at life, the old uh, acronym that we all know, WIFM, what's in it for me. So easy, especially as a teenager and as we go forward into our lives and really at any age to honestly think about life in that perspective of what's in it for me. And how I've taken that advice that dad gave me so many years ago, when I talk to students in the classes that I've had the privilege of teaching or with clients or anyone that will listen, uh, or my podcast audience, all 47 of you that will listen to this one, now hopefully more, um, that, that adage of giving value first. I, I tell my students that if you focus your life, your energy on what's in it for others, truly giving value before asking for anything, and oftentimes not even asking, just giving value. Focus your life on giving value, on serving. Dr. Ken Blanchard, who I've had on this podcast more than one time, and who has become a very close friend and a mentor and advisor for me, he, ha he has um, written a book, put, uh, put together a book a few years ago called Servant Leadership in Action. And that's all about giving value. Going back to uh, whoever you are, if you have a religious belief or spirituality, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or whoever that might be, I'd venture to guess that giving value first or servant leadership would certainly be one of the first things that you'd think about in talking about that or thinking about that person. So the advice Jack, my dad gave me was to always give value first in any relationship, professionally, personally, marriage, children, boss, whomever it might be, to always focus on giving value first. The second piece of advice that he gave me, and this is an interesting one because I come from a very competitive background in playing sports, uh, still compete, not like professionally compete or compete in tournaments, but still play a lot of golf. I'm still a very competitive person. I've worked in sales for many, many years over my, my life. I'm still, I guess, I guess we're all technically in sales to a certain extent. I used to tell my kids when they were young, learn how to sell because you're going to be selling somebody on something pretty much every day of your life. What movie are we going to see? I told my boys, when you're asking a girl out, you're selling. Uh, we're always selling. So the second piece of advice, no, it's not always sell. It's always collaborate. Collaborate wherever possible. Compete uh, if needed, but collaborate where possible. And I like that a lot. I've, I've tried to adhere to that. I'm a big collaborator, not only trying to introduce people who can collaborate and work together on projects that happened again today on a couple of different instances on calls. And it probably happens every day in my profession that I'm seeking and putting together collaborative efforts uh, for people, something that I love to do. I love that uh, phrase of one plus one equals three. You've got talent, I've got talent, but when we put those talents together, we can accomplish some things together that neither of us could ever accomplish apart. And so I, I like that always collaborate philosophy. 
Uh, oftentimes I'll collaborate with other family business centers. When I was selling executive education programs at USC, I would oftentimes be in touch with uh, my counterpart at UCLA or other universities in the area to ultimately collaborate with them to try to find solutions for business leaders and business owners. So first is give value first. Second is always collaborate. The third one I love, and I, I, I think that uh, this is one that we've all heard and we've all been told and, and probably wisdom we've all received at one point or another in our life, and that is to simply never burn a bridge. And that isn't necessarily because there might be somebody who can do something for us someday, because if we're living the give value first philosophy, we're not really waiting for others to give back to us. But not burning a bridge, I believe, is such great advice that I've really tried to adhere to as well. I have relationships with people uh, today that I played ball with, baseball with in high school, even going back as far as Little League, which was in the 1970s. Uh, I've, I've tried to, you know, we, obviously we don't maintain every relationship we've ever had. I don't think any of us has done that. And certainly there are people who spin in and out of our lives. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if we really try to not burn any bridges, ultimately what's going to happen is we're just going to treat people better. We're going to be more kind, more generous, more loving, more serving, more giving. And uh, I like the, the knowledge that uh, almost everybody that I've ever met in my life is probably somebody that I can go back to, uh, even if it's just a brief conversation. Social media has certainly made that easier. Uh, all we have to just think of somebody and go into our favorite social media app and type in their name and we can probably find them and reestablish a connection. But if we burned a bridge with that person, that's probably not something we're going to do or they may not accept our invite. So never burn a bridge. So give value first, always collaborate, never burn a bridge. Number four is something that has really it didn't stick with me when he shared it with me 39 years ago, but it has stuck with me over the years, especially recently. And that is simply when you're stuck, serve. When you're stuck trying to figure out a problem, find someone to serve. If you're stuck in a relationship with someone, serve them. If you're stuck at work, walk away from your desk and go serve somebody. If you're stuck in thought and you can't come up with uh, the solution to an issue, whether you're a neuroscientist or a janitor or a car salesman or a lawyer or whatever your profession may be, if you're stuck in a situation, serve someone. I just I love that because uh, you're getting the idea that my dad is very service oriented and he is, and that's probably why these are his his points of wisdom. But again there's going to be times in your life when you're just stuck, when you don't know what to do. This might be the time right now. You might be listening to this right now. I'm recording this at 1130 at night on a Wednesday night before getting on a plane tomorrow. And um, I should be in bed. You probably hear it in my voice. But um, it's just been on my mind to share this this wisdom. And uh, if if you're stuck, just serve just find someone somewhere somehow to serve. It doesn't mean you have to go log off your computer and go join Habitat for Humanity and go build a house. Maybe that is what it means. Maybe that is what that means to you or that you got to run off to the nearest blood drive and give blood. Again, that could be what you choose to do. Maybe serving is just getting up and walking your dog or doing a chore for your loved one that they normally would do 
or cooking a meal and, and delivering it to a neighbor, whatever, whatever that service looks like. If you're stuck, just serve. Oftentimes what's happened for me is in that service, I come back to wherever I was and I realize that either I'm unstuck and now I have a solution to the problem or more often than not, I realize it wasn't a problem to begin with. So I get out of my head, I go serve, I come back and realize, you know, that really wasn't an issue. So recapping the first four, give value first, always collaborate, never burn a bridge. When you're stuck, serve. And I really, this one has been really easy for me at times, like now, and in my last 10 years, really at Cal State Fullerton, this has been one that's been pretty easy for me. I have had situations in my life where number five was very, very difficult. And that is always make your boss look good. I'll say it again, always make your boss look good. And I'm going to add to that one, always make your people look good. Many of you listening to this are the boss. Many of you are in charge. The demographics of this podcast tells us that most of you who listen are in a leadership role and many of you are executives and some of you are even business owners, especially if you're family businesses that I work with on a regular basis. Always make your boss look good. Always make your customer look good. Always make your people look good. Always make your spouse look good. Always make your children look good. Now, to me, what that means, and you may be interpreting it differently than I do, but to me, what that means is put other people first. It goes back to this whole service thing. Always make others around you look good means you're putting their needs ahead of yours. People love givers. People love people who people love people who love people. There you go. How's that? Uh, how's that for the Ed Hart late night quote? People love people who love people. I'm going to write that one down. A few years ago, Lorianne and I hosted with City National Bank. Uh, they were the title sponsor of our inaugural Black Business Leader Hall of Fame event that we did up in Los Angeles. We did a couple of them. But the first one that we had we had Melody Hobson, who's the wife of George Lucas, who everybody knows as the, the man behind Star Wars and many, many, many other uh, great films. Melody is, a, is a, a black woman who was speaking to our audience of about 350 people. And she did a little experiment and she told people to pull out their phones. And she said, everybody pull out your phone and look at your recent phone calls that you've either missed or that you've taken. Now look at those numbers. Look at the people whose calls you didn't answer versus the people whose calls you did answer. And Melody proceeded to say, at times we miss a call because we're in a meeting or we don't answer because we're in the middle of dinner with family or in the middle of something. But there are also times when we don't answer because we just know what's on the other end. The person's calling because they want something. They're calling because they have a need. They're calling because they need your service, they need your support, they need your help, they're asking for something. Um, those are the calls that more often than not we don't take. Um, then look at the calls of, from the people that you did take. What do they have in common? And Melody continued to say, what we probably have in, what those people probably have in common is we knew when they called, they weren't calling to ask for something, to demand something, they were calling to give. They were calling to offer support. They were calling to provide. And I really, that really stuck with me 
because she concluded by saying, now, when you call someone, what's the first emotion they feel when they see your name come up on that phone, on that screen? Oh, Ed's calling. He must want something. John's calling. He must uh, must be stuck. Sue is calling, and I'm going to take this call because I know every time she calls, I feel better when I hang up. There's some value that I've received. So to me, that's the, the always make your boss look good goes back really to just make everybody look good. Focus on making sure that your focus, <laughs> using that word twice, focus on making people feel good. Live your life so that when you call them, it's a call they'll want to take. They will want to answer that phone call because they know that when you hang up from that conversation, when they hang up, they're going to feel good. They're going to feel better than they did before you called. So I could make another list of five or 10 or 15 more things that I've learned from others. The theme of tonight's conversation, and I'll wrap it up here, is simply words of wisdom and pearls of advice that I received from my dad, Jack Hart, in 1982. And he probably doesn't even remember that conversation. And that's not a knock on his memory. He's got a great memory. But he made me feel good. He gave value first. He sat down with me that day and he just offered value, things that would help me in my life. He's always been one who's collaborated with me. Uh, how can I help you? What can I do? How can we work together? If there's a problem I have, he doesn't jump in and solve it. He comes in and says, let's figure this out. And I can't remember, I can't even begin to count how many times I've heard the words from my dad. Well, let's figure this out. And it wasn't him saying, listen to me and my advice, or you already have the answer, Ed. And that may have been what he said at times, but usually it was, let's collaborate. Let's figure this out together. Never burning a bridge. I just That just basically comes down to how you treat people. We burn bridges by treating people poorly. We burn bridges by blowing them up. There's a video that I've shown in many training sessions. It's a clip of various movies uh, where a bridge is blown up or burned. And ultimately, you all know the visual. You can't get from one side to the other without the bridge. And typically one person, it's typically both, but oftentimes it can be one person who really blew that bridge up or burned it. The one you're stuck serve one is just advice that just resonates with me so much. I get stuck so often. Situations, whether it's financial or professional or relational, or in some situation, if I'm stuck in a relationship with someone, if I'm in a position where I just feel like we're stuck and we're not getting anywhere, every single time I remember that advice to go serve them, the relationship gets better every single time. I can't recall a time where I was in a tough situation with someone and I remembered to serve them where the relationship didn't get better. And I challenge you, do it. I challenge you, think of that person right now as you're hearing my voice, as we wrap up this conversation. And what think about what you can do to make that relationship better. And I'll bet you that if you decide to go serve them, bring them a plate of cookies, do something for them that they could normally do for themselves. Tell them that you love them and that you forgive them or beg of them to forgive you. You be the bigger person. Step up and serve them. 
And then finally, this last one of always making your boss look good. Like I said, in many ways, it's been really easy. There have been a few times in my life where it wasn't. But I, I admonish all of us to do what we can to just make those around us look good. Be their cheerleader. Highlight their events. Highlight their accomplishments. Talk about all the great things other people are doing. Always make those around you look good. If you see somebody on social media doing great things, share it. And I mean literally, click share and send it out in social media. Um, I, one of the greatest compliments that I receive from my clients, and I get this from time to time, and it's a select little group that I text with a lot, and, and uh, you all know who you are, and I hope you listen, because I hope you all know how important you are to me. And that is when people tell me that I'm their greatest cheerleader. I could be tilting my head and wondering what they mean by that, but um, I truly do take that advice that my dad gave me to try to make other people look good. And I don't do anything to make them look good. I highlight the good they're doing. I guess that's the difference, how I might change those words a little bit. I can't make you look good. That's up to you. I can highlight and I can expose and I can bring to light the good that you already are and the good that you already do. So if I guess if I was going to change any of the words on any of this, it, rather than always make your boss look good or always make other people look good, always highlight the good. Always do what you can to make, yeah, to make them look better. Maybe, uh, you know, just do something to, to, to help somebody look better in the eyes of others, whether it's, you know, make your boss look better so that he or she looks better in the eyes of their boss. Um, I love the quote that no one cares. What is it? Um, there's no limit to what can be done as long as no one cares who gets the credit. Stop taking credit for things that you don't deserve to take credit for and start giving credit to those who do. Uh, okay, I'm rambling. It's late. I'm tired. So just to recap again, um, go through these five areas, find out, let me know, share with me, email me, text me, post on social media where I'm going to put this, how you feel about these five points of advice. Give value first. Always collaborate. Never burn a bridge. When you're stuck, serve. And always make your boss and replace your boss with others look good. Focus on making a life and creating a life for yourself that is constantly making others look good and highlighting what they're doing. This podcast is something that I love doing. Talking with people is my favorite thing. That's why I don't do very many solo messages like this one, but I wasn't going to get somebody on uh, tonight at 1130 at night, and I did just have this in my heart. And uh, the podcast is called From the Heart, and tonight you get to hear what's in my heart. Um, so much gratitude for all of you. Gratitude for those that have supported me along the way. Gratitude for those that encourage me and... Um, just for those of you who make me look good, and that's a lot of you, um, and uh, I could do a whole lot better, but uh, I definitely am so grateful for those of you who, who give value to me, who collaborate with me, who have maintained that bridge with me, who have served me, which oftentimes makes me unstuck, the one receiving the service as well, ironically, and for those that have strived to, to make me look good. I am your cheerleader. 
And if you need anything, you need a cheerleader, contact me. I'll cheer for you. I'll stand on the sideline and shake those pom-poms and cheer all day for you because you are loved. You are important. And um, if you can hear my voice in this podcast, know that there are so many people who love you and need you and admire you and uh, would cheer for you if given the opportunity, just like I am. So this episode of the podcast, the From the Heart podcast presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting is brought to you literally from my heart to yours. And uh, I just, I wish you all the best. And I uh, look forward to my next episode where you get to hear somebody else's voice besides mine. And uh, I just uh, thank you for your support. And uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do this tonight. Thank you.